Well, hello and welcome to A Photographic Life. This week, um, as always, looking back on some of the things that have happened in my life in the previous week um, and just reflecting on some of those things and looking at them in relation to where we are as photographers and perhaps some of the issues you're, you're personally dealing with. I spent quite a lot of time uh, the other evening on Skype talking to a friend of mine who I first met uh, approximately 18 years ago. Um, he had done a couple of months at art school and it hadn't really worked out and he'd left. And his father, who was a great music journalist at the time, contacted me and asked whether or not I could spend a little bit of time with his son and just kind of talk to him and find out where he wanted to go and, you know, what the situation was with him and why he felt that he had to drop out of art school. Um, what then happened was that um, we kind of identified that graphic design was something that he was particularly interested in. Um, he started to work with me on an informal basis and he kind of went off a, and lived his life and, and started to work as a, a, a graphic designer. He's now um, 36 years of age and living in Tel Aviv. And he contacted me the other day. Uh, I haven't spoken to him in, I don't know, maybe 10, 12, 14 years. And he asked for some, some advice. And um, we were kind of back to that place again um, when I first met him 18 years ago. And that kind of conversation is a conversation I find myself having with quite a few people. Um, I suppose in a way it's a, it's a key element of lecturing. And also a lot of the kind of informal free mentorships that, that I do for people, um, a similar kind of conversation um, emerges. And I suppose really from a photographic perspective, it's perfectly natural. Uh, particularly, I had this conversation with a lot of people in maybe in the 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, who just kind of get to that point um, and just get a little bit confused as to, to where to go next or perhaps why something that they've been doing for a long time doesn't work out. The word I always use to start off that conversation, and to be honest, from my perspective, there is only one word that kind of uh, addresses those problems and those issues, is the word expectation. Just what's your expectation? What's your expectation of what you're doing? What's your expectation of where you're going to be in a few years' time? What's the expectation for the work that you're creating? Is there a financial expectation? Is there a, a security expectation? Is there a career-based expectation? Are there goals that you um, want to aim for? And by identifying that expectation, are you able to take control and take responsibility for your own journey towards that expectation. And a little bit like I spoke about projects last week, um, the way I always look at all of these things is if I can identify that goal, if I can identify that expectation where I want to get to, it's always a lot easier to work backwards from that point and then identify the steps that I could take or that I need to take to actually help me realize that expectation, whatever it may be. And I suppose as part of that, that, re that expectation kind of has to be realistic within certain boundaries. There's no point setting up 
expectations, particularly for work that we're creating, which isn't going to be fulfilled by that work. I was talking, well, I, I helped somebody recently who had emailed me and asked me to look at the work that they were creating. And I suppose the only reassurance I could give them, which they seemed to be um, grateful for, was to put them in touch with a few people that they hadn't thought of getting in touch with. But also that what the journey that they had created for themselves was going to be a slow journey. And they felt kind of a little bit better having received that reassurance that it wasn't going to happen overnight with that particular kind of work and the journey that they wanted to go to go on and where that journey was going to take them. So that idea of expectation, I think, is something that we all need to kind of bear in mind when we're working as creatives, uh, visual storytellers, when we're starting out on individual projects, but also that expectation of what is actually photography going to be able to give us. Um, what are we going to be able to get from it? And also, I think something which is also often forgotten is what can we give back? You know, what is the expectation of others, um, of our work, of ourselves as people uh, working within that photographic community? So, yeah, that's kind of where I always um, start. Is, is with that expectation and the plotting of that journey. Of course, whatever journey you map out towards that expectation and the expectation itself is going to change. And that journey is never going to be a straight line. You know, it's going to be a very complicated, whirly, curly kind of a line, however we want to describe it. But once again, I, I've started this week to um, work with Freshers. It's Freshers Week here in the UK and a lot of students for the first time are going to university to study photography um, and obviously related subjects and they're going to devote the next three year three years of their lives to that to that endeavor and it makes me wonder what their expectation is and I found myself this week actually using a a quotation um, a, a no surprise, it's a Bill J quotation as Bill's work still very much kind of dominates a lot of the um, things I'm working on at the moment. But I think it's a great one. And it's that the teacher's role, their responsibility is to point towards the moon. The student's responsibility is to look at the moon, not at the finger. That idea of learning from others and sharing and I suppose kind of informal mentoring has been very key to the idea of the guests we have each week on the podcast um, where they talk about what photography means to them and we're going to be continuing um, with that I've got some fantastic ones lined up to come in future weeks but this week I, I thought we'd just have a little bit of a change and I'm introducing um, a kind of a irregular feature, which I'm kind of calling photo stories, in which um, iconic, famous photographers of the past talk about an element of their career or perhaps an, a particular image that was um, important to them, uh, defined their way of seeing and also defined the way in which people see them. 
I'm incredibly fortunate that over the last, um, I suppose, eight to nine years, I've had the opportunity to talk to a lot of different photographers and I've recorded a lot of those conversations. So photo stories are going to be little snippets, little edited snippets from those recordings um, over the year. And as I say, we'll just drop them in occasionally just to keep things uh, fresh on the podcast. Uh, I'm really, uh, one of the conversations I had just last year was with a, a great photographer, ex-Magnum photographer called Burke Uzel. If you don't know his work, um, I highly recommend that you check him out. Uh, he's still working. He's 80 years of age and still working on new projects and arranging local community things with photography. It's just fantastic. Um, but Burke is also the photographer who shot the kind of iconic image um, which graced the uh, Woodstock film poster and the Woodstock um, album cover, which really kind of defined a generation. And certainly for people of my age was uh, an image that was kind of omnipresent throughout my uh, early years. So in this week's photo story, Burke describes to us and explains to us how he actually created that image. Well, you'll be interested in know um, that I took that picture with ballroom film because I went with, to Woodstock uh, with my wife and two young kids and we, we were camping out um, not far from there on, on a trout stream um, that was owned by the director of Magnum at the time. And my wife and I decided we would take our young sons to Woodstock and just hear a few tunes and you know, I stuck a pocket full of film in my pocket and, you know, I had a couple of Likers in a little bag. We stuck some crackers and some, some canned fruit in a knapsack, you know, to feed our kids. And, and when we got into Woodstock, we could not get out because of the crowd and all the roads were, you know, jammed. And so we were stuck there. Um, but I always carried a poncho around when my kids and I were, you know, when we would go places. So there we were with our two little kids that were like five and six years old, and my wife and I. So we were there for, you know, most of the event. And it was raining, and I made a, I made a lean-to out of, made a, a place for us to live out of my poncho, well, lean-to, and, you know, hooked one into a, into a barbed wire fence, and, you know, ground clock the other end, and, uh, you know, by making a, a, a V kind of shape. And then, but I quickly ran out of film. And I refused to have an assignment to do Woodstock because I never liked to work with magazine editors on assignment. So I was walking around taking pictures. And very quickly I discovered that all the people were taking their clothes off. So I went down to my all my friends who were down by the stage and I was telling them, hey guys, guess what's happening up there on the hill? Well, I would say, and the photographers would tell me that they were obligated to stay at the stage because the editor wanted them to get pictures of you know this musician and that musician. And I said, well, if you can't leave the stage, could you at least loan me some film? And they all did. And Charlie Harvard, who was a Magnum photographer and a good friend of mine, 
he loaned me the color film with which I shot the Woodstock album cover. <laughs> and if he hadn't done that, I would have never been able to take that picture in color. A lovely reminder there for any photographers whose uh, world is has uh, kind of been d dominated within photography by digital photography and the, that idea you can just keep on shooting and shooting as long as you have a memory card that once upon a time 36 frames was about well it was all you had and the rolls of film you had in the pocket um, had to be looked after and, and cared for and to get that iconic image if you're listening to this podcast via the uh, united nations of photography.com uh, website you'll see that i've posted um, the most iconic image of that um, shoot of that time when burke was at uh, woodstock uh, if not if you're listening via itunes um, or if you're listening via soundcloud just google that and if you google the album cover you'll see that it was a gatefold um, another terminology from a from a distant past but it was a gatefold and um, burke's images uh, were used in the gatefold as well on as the front and back of that album cover so um I hope you enjoyed that little kind of insight into uh, how such an iconic image came to be. Uh, next week, we'll return to um, what does photography mean to me, but it'll be great to hear from you, get your feedback if you like the idea of the photo stories. Um, there are lots and lots more from lots of different photographers, and uh, I'm more than happy to go through my uh, recordings, edit down some clips for you, and include them um, in future podcasts, which also does um, that idea of feedback uh, just reminds me that um, to say a thank you to so many people who are contacting via email and also via Twitter to say how much they're uh, enjoying the podcasts. Um, thanks very much also to a number of uh, educators, lecturers, who have contacted me to say that they're going to be uh, including them in their lecture programs as kind of a, a reference resource and archive um, to point uh, young photographers and students to. We're building up quite an archive now. Um, and obviously, uh, by the end of the year, you're going to have a lot of photographers telling you um, what photography meant to them as well as these little photo stories dropped in so i think it's one of those situations where you know certainly a photographic life is something that i started out to do without very little um expectation there's that word again but um whatever expectation they had seemed to be being surpassed so Maybe there's maybe I'm arguing against myself. Maybe you shouldn't have an expectation. Maybe that's a good way to end this uh, this week's podcast. Anyway, thanks very much for listening. Thanks very much for your engagement with the podcast. Do please keep that up if you are using it um, as a reference resource. Please let me know. It's um it's really great to know that um this little kind of thing that I'm putting together from the shed in the back of a garden. Um, in the back of uh, the idyllic Cotswolds of the UK has some kind of relevance to you guys. So um, you can follow us on Twitter on at UN of Photo. You can uh, read articles connected to a lot of the subject matter that comes up in these podcasts at 
unitednationsofphotography.com. You can download and subscribe to these podcasts through SoundCloud and also through iTunes. I uh, hope you have a really good um, week coming up and I look forward to catching up with you all again next week.